Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach, brought to you by the TeacherCast Educational Network. If you are in charge of professional development and looking to build an innovative digital learning experience, this is the podcast for you. Join us each week as we uncover strategies that tech coaches are using to drive their digital transformations one classroom at a time. And now for your host, with over two decades of experience working with tech coaches and edtech companies from all around the world, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 219, and I have a question for you. Actually, I got to be honest, it is a question that came in to us recently over here on Ask the Tech Coach, and it is all about how we are keeping organized this week. And to help me answer this question from a wonderful viewer, I want to bring on Miss Sue Vincent. Sue, how are you today? Welcome back to Ask the Tech Coach. I'm great. Great to be back and great to um, have all of you guys out there listening. And again, one of those topics that I'm passionate about, organization and productivity. I'm so excited. Oh my goodness. This is one of those topics that I've been binge watching on YouTube. This is one of those topics that, you know, there's a lot of good stuff in here. How do we stay organized? What are our tips and tricks? How do we put all this stuff together? I'm here to help you out. Sue is here to share some of the things that she's doing with her, with, uh, her coaching program. But you know, Sue, the other day I was also into our instructional coaching Facebook group. Yes. We now have over 1,100 coaches. I wow. am so excited about that and want to say thank you to everybody out there who's been going in there. Of course, if you're new to the channel, you can head on over to askthetechcoach.com. Scroll all down to the bottom. You can join our Facebook group, our LinkedIn group. Don't forget, of course, to hit that subscribe button for the podcast. We are here each and every week to help you guys. And of course, we've been running this show for the last 219 episodes. But Sue, the question today is what? What is the question that somebody came in today? and asked us all about when it came to coaching and productivity. So the question, it was worded like this. How do I not only get organized, but stay organized during a long and crazy school year when I barely have time to sit down and breathe each day? I love this question. I <laughs> yes. love this question because, you know, I, I, even, even today, the day that we were recording this, I think I was in five different buildings and I, and I had to do like a two and a half hour long, uh, you know, orientation session. And I was working with multiple principals and I was doing virtual trainings. And you just don't have time some of these days to stop, think, potty, eat, right? <laughs> I, you, you just go and you realize, oh, it's four o'clock and here a little longer than I should have. But man, what a fun what a fun, fun day. I'm sure you have days like that. Yeah, there's many days where I don't get to sit down at the computer until much later in the day. And that may be for 10 minutes and then I'm off to another meeting. So how do you manage all of that stuff? I mean, we're going to talk about our tips and tricks today and we're going to go through some of the different things. But like, tell me a little bit about your system here that you've created. Is it Microsoft? Is it Google? Is it kind of piecemeal? Is it third party stuff? Like, What does that look like for you? I typically survive in the Google system. Um, so, I mean, our we're a um, Google Workspace for Education school system all around. So all of our tools 
um, exist in that system, whereas I know you work more in the Microsoft system. So a lot of the things that we share throughout this episode, I'm probably going to tell you the Google side and Jeff's going to tell you the Microsoft side and what works for each of us and how. And there's going to be similar things in both environments there. I been thinking a lot about this. You know, I, I mentioned on the show recently that a couple years ago, I, or I should say up until a couple of years ago, I was building everything in Google, something traditional. Like all my podcasting stuff was there. My coaching stuff was there. I would say three years ago, two years ago, when did the pandemic officially start, right? 2020. 2020. Um, it was right around the time, right? Like, Just after I started yeah. co-hosting with you. Like, like it was yesterday, <laughs> right? Um, we decided to move everything over into Microsoft. And that's really when I started to expand this concept of Microsoft being one application where Google is many, many things. But I love the idea that really, you know, in Microsoft, every button is connected to each other. And if you're in OneNote, you're still really in Word. But if you're in Word, you can really export to PowerPoint. And if you're in PowerPoint, you can bring stuff in from out. I mean, it really is one system. And I started learning about this concept in the last couple months of this. I don't know if you've heard about this, this thing called a second brain. Have you heard of this, this concept? I've heard the term going around. I haven't read up or paid close attention to it. But yes, the term has been kind of thrown around on Twitter and such. You know, if you're, if you're new to this concept of second brains, it basically is this concept of anything that you're thinking about, anything that you have to process in your head, um, the stuff that gets bogged down and, and denies you the opportunity to be creative and constructive and do the stuff you have to do. How do you put a system together on the computer to do all that work for you? And, and I say specifically on the computer because I know many coaches out there are, are paper coaches. They have their planners. They write things down. I'm a big fan of a guy named Michael Hyatt. He's got his full focus planner. The whole thing is here's paper, how this works. And if that's for you, awesome. Um, today, we're going to focus on the digital version of that stuff. And for the, the last, oh, Sue, what has it been? Two years, maybe? You and I have been building this podcast, and, and I've been building my coaching world um, really in a hybrid system. You know, we started off a couple of years ago. You and I were doing Google Docs. I moved everything to Microsoft. And for the longest time, my, my process was go into OneDrive, go into a template Google Doc, duplicate the template Google Doc, open the template Google Doc, add the StreamYard video link, send it to you, uh, find the guest, email, all of these yeah. things. And that's just the process that any clicks. podcaster goes through, yes. any content creator goes through. Um, but I've been thinking about this. There has to be something, uh, 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 there has to be a different way. I mean, so what? what's something that you do every week or every day? I know you've got your video channel, but like, what, yes. is, a th what is a series of steps that you have to take that you're just like, man, there's got to be a better way to do this. Well, um, in my work with um, our, our KISTI organization, Kentucky Society for Technology of the Education, I serve as the um, communications officer and I schedule social media posts. So that's something I need to do every week. Every Tuesday, I need to schedule this post every Monday, so on and so forth. So I have to schedule those social media posts. So, you know, there's 
ways you can do that. You can go on to Twitter and just, you know, have those ready. Or there's other apps and tools out there that will let you um, pre-schedule all that. I think there's a better way of doing this. And if you're listening to this episode and and would like to share, we recently put out a post um, last week in our Facebook group basically asking what kind of a system do you use? And and I want to say thank you to anybody out there who has already chimed in on our Facebook group. Um, We've had people share Google Slides. We had a coach say, I have a, a, it was like a 12-slide Google Slide deck. And I said, how did you do this? She says, every time I go in with a teacher, I copy this or I copy a slide and I've got this thing going on. And another coach is like, I use a OneNote and here's some of the different screenshots and stuff. So if you have a system that really works for you, I really want to hear this. I want to see what you're doing. Would love to either, you know, either let's catch up by video or by email or whatever on Facebook. I'd love to see what this is because right now, so there's just got to be a better way to all of this stuff. Um, I recently found an application I was showing you earlier here called Notion. And Notion seems to be one of those apps that, well, first of all, it's worth like $40 billion, I noticed. So like they, they've, <laughs> they're kicking it. But really, the whole idea for Notion is it's set out to be a complete system. And if you think of the difference between, you know, spreadsheets and OneNote and stuff like that, I was trying to say to Sue earlier, Notion is like OneNote, but it has the added access of having a database to it, where that really is one of those things I, I, I'm missing. And some people might flip that and say, well, OneNote is like Notion, but with inking. And that's fair. If you're somebody that likes to use a pen, inking is important for me. Not at all. I don't even use any of that stuff. But I love the fact now that I'm I, now at the recording here, it's October the 4th. I've only been using Notion for like three days. But already I've started to move all of our podcasts in there, all of our show notes, building all of the templates. And I'm quickly realizing that it isn't that my previous system was good. It wasn't my previous system was bad. It's these are all new things. But not to bore you about the the podcasting life, I'm moving all of my coaching stuff in here. And the nice thing about what I'm doing with Notion is – I'm starting to use it now for coaching meetings, coaching meeting notes, um, still using my data tracker, still using Google Forms, Microsoft Forms. I'm still linking out to those systems that I built before, but I'm finding that this is a lot easier. And so I'm curious to know what you're looking at. If you have a system that you want, please let us know if there's something that you're working on. But today, Sue and I are going to talk about some of those productivity tips that, you know, These are important things when it comes to coaching. And we're going to talk about coaching productivity tips. We're going to talk about email productivity tips. We're going to talk about Google Drive, writing tips, a whole mess of stuff in here. But Sue, let's start at the top here. Coaching productivity tips, right? Um, We talk about this first one a lot. What's one of the first things that every coach should set up so that way they're a little bit more productive when they're walking in and out of classrooms? Right. It's very important that you have a system to um, track your data, whether it be a conversation with the teacher or a class observation or a coaching cycle that you're working on. Have a system, whether it be in a Google or Microsoft form, to track that data. I agree. And, and, and you know, we can also link some of our blog posts and and podcasts on this one too, but having something that's going to be tracking our data, again, it could be a Microsoft form, could be a Google form. Um, 
I did see somebody recently I was working with that that put everything into like a spreadsheet view. Um, but my question then to that person was, how do you get it in quickly? Like you, if you're working in a spreadsheet on your phone, it doesn't always work, right? iPad exactly. maybe, but I'm still not a big fan of Excel or Google Sheets on an iPad. I'm just I'm not a fan of that yet. Um, mouse click over finger maybe but definitely have some kind of a coaching data tracker using a form or, or something in there and, and then really you take that spreadsheet you make your charts and graphs you take your charts and graphs and you can either put them into a google sites or an excel dashboard or a slide deck or something that you can do to show off and showcase exactly what you've been working on all week in case you're ever asked right. or in case you're if you to... haven't if you haven't checked out google data studio that's a, yep. such a nice way it's fairly a uh, fairly new and um i'm in fact i'm getting ready to get trained in about a month or so with um, some of the oh. state digital learning coaches so i'm excited to get some more training oh wow use of that i i smell a tech coach weekly video coming up soon from from this this is gonna Absolutely. be great so data trackers absolute a must right and this is the thing that you say who did you work with how long what's the topic um you know do you need to follow up who's the teacher grade level all of that data that says who are you working with but in addition to that you might be leaving a meeting with a teacher and you might be leaving a meeting with a principal and you might um have some homework to do you might have some things to worry about so sue what's the next productivity tip that every coach needs to be thinking about yeah, and this is a big one for me that I'm working on getting better at doing, especially digitally as a task tracker. So I have become a huge user lately of Google Tasks. You know, I've always, not always, but, you know, for probably the last 10 years, I've been a Google Workspace user. And I always thought, oh, Google Tasks, that's nothing. You know, it's it didn't look very, it was just quick and kind of clunky, but they have made such huge improvements over the last couple of years. So I use that now for my task to track my task, my to-do list. And I can put reminders on there and it'll come right up as a reminder on my Google calendar. And I have that quick and easy and I don't have to put an extra Google calendar date on there. I have that Google task there to remind me and it'll come up at the right time that I need it to. Is tasks just a phone app or is that for everything is that it's a desktop also? so if you're a google user and you look to the right hand side of your mail at your gmail or your google calendar um it will have a little sidebar over to the right and there'll be a little icon for google task and a small little icon for google keep on the right side there yes. it is oh how about that see i don't use that at all i'm realizing i probably used it like eight years ago because there are some tasks there i know on the microsoft side i've been and and still will continue to be a big fan of microsoft to do and the reason i like that is because in outlook all i have to do is to flag an email and it automatically shoots it off to to do as a you know don't forget about me because how many times do we flag emails and then we never get back to them mm -hmm. but having this one and this is what i loved about the microsoft system having one application really flow between all these different you know, properties mm -hmm. i think was great i mean obviously creating habits is important right like if you're going to build a system do the system right yes. um having something that connects to, to to gmail i mean does google tasks 
I would assume because it's in Gmail. I'm looking at it right now. But I mean, is is there a connection if I star a Gmail or a flag? Yeah. Like, what's the connection there? You can actually, if you have that sidebar open, you can drag and drop an email over to Google Task, and it becomes a, then a task on your to-do list. And then you can create those reminders um, <sighs> for ongoing. Oh. You can have weekly reminders. You can have a one-time reminder. So if it's an ongoing task like we were referencing earlier, like scheduling social media, or I have to meet with this principal every other Tuesday at 2 o'clock, you can have that as a Google Task, and it's just a reminder that's really cool see now i have three task management and, and this is always the problem right and, and you know my advice is when you get a system like this start slow yes right um i know myself i you know I, again i i found microsoft i jumped in right um i i'm now looking at notion i'm trying to figure out what i'm going to do but it really is like Get good at something. And, and I, look, I'm okay. guilty. I'll, I'll spend hours and hours building this thing. And then next thing I know, ooh, there's a squirrel. And my attention goes somewhere else. But it really is just, you know, figure out how to do something and then add to it. Add to it. Add to it. Or else you're making an overwhelming system to stop you from being overwhelmed. Yes. And don't change what you're doing if it's working for you. If you see this next shiny object, this next shiny tool that comes out, if what you're doing is working for you and you're keeping your head above water, then don't set change for the sake of changing. I, I saw a video today that said, if, if you can do something in less than two minutes, don't make it a task. Just yes. do it. Just do it. Right. But that's hard because a lot of times you and I might be finishing up a meeting and it's like, all right, here's the three or four action items. Okay, there's a difference between an action item, I think, and a task, right? An action item is, you know, dear teacher, thanks for having me over. I'm going to fix this for you. I'm going to take care of this or let me build something or whatever it happens to be, right? Um, those are the things, you know, tasks, reminders. I know Google uses those two terms a little bit differently, but having those little like takeaways, action items, I think are important, but... Um, but they're important, right? Because these are the things that keep you into the classrooms. Like if you say to a teacher, I'm going to do something, make sure you're going to do something. Yes. One of those things that you can do is always make sure that you have a way for people to get in touch with you, a way for people to ask you to come out and visit them. What's the next system that a coach should have for themselves? So a, a way for them to book you, um, which has come a long way. So if you're a Google user, I want to talk a little bit about appointment schedules. Um, that's not a new feature, but it used to be called appointment slots. And as a Google user, nobody wanted to use it. It was pretty clunky. But just a few months ago, they have enhanced it completely. Now it it just works like it should you create okay susan's schedule for the month of october i have these slots available i send them this url to my google calendar and they can just sign up for it if you've ever used sign up genius it looks and feels that user friendly unlike the old version of google calendar appointment slots I haven't tried this yet because a I'm not a paid version and my my district doesn't do Google Cal. We 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 do the other side, which you know in my district and even on TeacherCast, we use Microsoft Bookings. Similar stuff. How do you like the new appointment schedules view? I I think it looks stunning. Oh yes, it looks like it should look in more of a modern look, and you can just sign up. The old version looked like just 
Crap. I don't know how to describe it. An old style website that just yeah. wasn't updated. Uh, right. If you have a half an hour appointment, it, everything was over on top of each other and schools, you know, we're trying to do parent conferences under this thing that just yes. didn't look. So I'm glad that they updated it. I don't like the fact that they made it a premium feature, but that's what happens when you start up, you know, when you make something free become premium. So definitely making sure you have a booking system, definitely making sure you have a task tracker, definitely making sure you have some kind of a coaching data tracker. You know, really we can go on and on about this, but I think the last system that we're looking at is some kind of note taking system. What do you do when you come out and you meet with me as a teacher? Um, what do you use? How do you organize it? What happens if I'm a repeat teacher? Do you, do you open a new one? Like, what does your system look like? Well, we talked about this a few weeks ago. So go back and listen to our previous episode a few weeks ago. And we did cover this. But I'm when it comes to that, when I'm right there in the midst of meeting with a teacher, a lot of times I'll use my um, paper notebook and my colored flare pens to start with. Then I disseminate that information if I need it on uh, my Google Keep system or if it needs to be a Google Doc for whatever reason that we need to collaborate or plan on, then I go from there. Or it may end up being a series of tasks that I need to complete and they need to go on my Google Task app. That sounds complicated. A little bit, but... <laughs> I like that's just what works for me. I, and I'm I, not, I don't like to sit there. I'm one of those, as digital as I am when I'm meeting with a teacher, I don't like to just be sitting there typing. I want to be more present. Yeah, I have a problem with that too, right? Because I set up a OneNote, I set up a page for all of my teachers. I never use it. Mm -hmm. Right. Or yes. the, the day goes by so fast that you just don't have time to go back or it's ugly because, you know, it's either a word doc or a key, you know, it, it's not something that you want to sit down next to a teacher and go, look, I made notes about us. Right. Like, you don't necessarily want to do that. Um, I, I'm going to I'm going to flip back here and go, if you're doing this through Notion. I'm sorry. I'm going to, you can ring a bell every time I say this now, but the pages are just made to look beautiful. I don't, I, I, you know, I'm looking at a system where if I create this the right way, I don't mind sitting down next to you and saying, look, here's everything. And here's a, here's a video that we did. And here, like everything is in front of you. And it's different than up oh, here's like this notepad that I did. And I, I, I love one note. I love Apple notes using word. I mean, all of these things are great. But I don't know. Would you ever sit down with a teacher or do you ever sit down with teachers and open up your notes in front of them? I, I, I totally get the concept of I don't want to be typing while I'm. Ha I get that. It but where depends. are you with like, you know, it depends on the situation, probably deeper into it. And um, we're working on some coaching cycle things with our new teachers um, now in our school system. And we're just kind of at the beginning of the cycle now. So I'm still at the point where I'm getting to know them. And I'm writing, but as we move forward where I've done some classroom observations and taking notes, that might be a time where I open up a Google Doc. And um, referring back to the page and the way Notion looks, Google Docs has added that new feature now where it has the page list thing where you can set it up almost like a long OneNote page. And 
all of the things flow down and you could add videos and links and notes about, you know, suggestions that you're going to give to the teacher. So Google's definitely enhancing things as they move forward. We wanted to wrap up today with doing some building blocks of productivity tips. These are things that we've talked about maybe in the past or we we might've found on social media, but these are things that as a coach, it just helps to know about, or it just helps to put these systems in place. So Sue, let's talk a little bit about email. It's not sexy. It's not something that's there, but I tell you every single Tuesday when I do orientation with my teachers, I probably do about 15 to 20 minutes in with an orientation on email tips. Some of the, you know, all of the things we're going to be talking about today. And I find that's the stuff that new teachers start to love you for. It's not, you know, how to do Google classroom. They're appreciative of that. But once you start talking about how do you organize your Google drive, how do you organize your email? How do you make inbox zero? I haven't, I mean, I've been doing orientation now for the last two to three years. I haven't had a session yet where people didn't come up and go, that's what I needed. And they didn't know they needed it until you gave it. They didn't know they needed it. Right. And so we're going to talk about things that are, you know, Outlook specific, Gmail specific. I want to say specific, you know, all of these applications have these features to them. Um, So let's, let's do the first one. What's what's the first one here? And, And we'll say, do you use it? We, we've, on our notes, both Sue and I just kind of attacked this uh, this notion doc here. So, Sue, what's the first one? So, creating email rules or filters, depending on what email system you use, they may be called something different. Rules or filters when content hits your inbox, because if you're going to get the same type of email several times a day or week. So, for example, as an instructional coach and onboarding new teachers. I get the email from HR that has new hire people's information on. In other words, I get their name, I get their start date and which building they're going to be in and what their teaching position is. Well, I don't want all those in my inbox because we might get in a day at various times of the year. So I have those go into a separate spot in my email box and then I can check them throughout the week and get ready to meet with who I need to meet with. I love this feature. This this is one that I definitely hit every single week at orientation. The concept of, as you said, when something comes in and, and I walk my teachers through, you know, if an email comes in from your supervisor, mark it as important or stick it in a folder or always put it up on top, you know, do the little flag, something that if you do come back to your computer, check your phone, whatever, and there's 30 emails you know which one to look at too. And I do the same thing at home, right? Anytime that my wife emails me, it automatically pops in with a specific color. Anytime that something mentions my kid's school, automatically comes in with a different color. That's one thing I miss about Microsoft Outlook. I, I love Gmail, but I remember in Microsoft Outlook, I could color code the whole entire message, not just flag it, but it would make it red if it was from this person or purple from this person or so on. And you can kind of do that in Gmail. I, I love my filters. I'm a mm-hmm. big filter guy. I do believe that, you know, I, filters are not folders. Like that, there's a hashtag in there, right? Filters sure. are not folders, but having something like that is good. There's another pro tip that I like. I'm curious, do you do this one? Multiple email signatures. Do you do multiple email signatures? 
I don't. I mean, I get uh, reasons behind it, but I really don't. Never have, really. I've never had a huge reason to as an instructional coach because I don't email parents a whole lot. And when I do, I just use my regular one. And, and this is one that I think is a pro tip. I think this is an important one. But you know what? I don't do it. Um, when I'm working outside of school, I have my teacher cast email and I have a signature for that. And I have a personal email and I have a signature for that. So in other words, one email, one signature. When I'm at school, I, I did think about this, you know, like I have a professional email signature that says my name and my position and my email and you know, the, 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 the whole logo and the confidential. But if I'm just sending you an email that says, hey, Sue, what are you doing for lunch? Why can't I have an email signature that just goes, thanks? <laughs> Instead of from the desk of the, I don't know. Is there a need? But I only bring this up because, again, this is one of those things that I always do in orientation. And, it, and the question actually came up. Why would I need two email signatures? Well, maybe you want one that's more personal and more one more that's more professional or maybe you True. wear two hats or multiple hats too. there's probably reasons out there that people may need that and i'm sure there's some of you out there who do if you do let us know <laughs> now the next one i think is important for several reasons so what's another email productivity tip so creating email templates you know those same follow-up emails that you send to teachers or if you're a teacher in the classroom and you're coaching that teacher and they have this correspondence they need to do with parents and it's going to be the same thing periodically throughout the year create a template for it quit typing that same email over and over four times a week when you're going to use the same wording and just change the name of who it's going to what is Gmail's official title for this? It used to be, oh, what is it called? Canned responses. Yeah, templates. I believe Te did did templates. they change it to templates? Yes. I remember. I remember canned it used to be called canned responses, right? But it's yeah. the same idea. Somebody emails you something, and you just have this template, I guess, that pops back here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you um, just save it as a template. Other productivity tips, and we, we've kind of talked about this a little bit, but folders and labels. Yes. Having them set up ahead of time. All right. These are some of these other things that I do at orientation is, you know, make sure you've got a folder for every class. Make sure you got a folder for every important person in your life. Or, you know, if you're going to be getting emails from, and I say in air quotes, that parent, put them in a folder. Right. And, and I think that's also where Outlook isn't as good as Gmail because Gmail, you can have multiple labels and multiple things in multiple yes. places where Outlook is, it's in the folder. But other than that, um, make sure you have those set up. You mentioned something also here on the notes I thought was kind of interesting. Um, schedule send. What is that and how do you use it? Well, thinking about those emails that you might need to send to teachers. But like there's times when I need to email teachers and I think of it on a Friday at lunchtime. And I'm like, they're not going to read this on Friday afternoon or over the weekend. So then I schedule that message to send at 8 o'clock on Monday morning when they're more likely to, or 7.30 or something, when they're more likely to be arriving, opening up their mail. 
or if it's, you know, you're coaching a teacher in communication with parents, they may need to schedule that newsletter to go out on Friday afternoon at four o'clock instead of waiting until Friday after school when you're getting ready to leave and you're heading out for the weekend finish that newsletter on Thursday, schedule it to send for on Friday at four. So then your parents have it for the weekend. And, and in Gmail, this is a native feature. I know it's been a few years. It used to be called boomerang, which was like a third party application. This was going back a few years though. Now, right? Yes. Uh, Google. Yeah. It's been at least two years or so that they've added the schedule send feature right in there. If you have any email productivity hacks that we haven't talked about, I would love to hear from you guys. I know one of the things that I kind of give as homework for all of our new teachers is spend the weekend playing in your Outlook settings. <laughs> Again, I know that's not sexy, but the point is there's a lot of stuff in there, right? So, you know, I especially like the applications that say, you know, light mode versus dark mode and Sometimes you can toggle that on and off, and sometimes it's depending on like what your Windows or Mac settings are. But you know, if you like your email box in dark mode, that's a productivity tip right there. Whatever is going to help you out, whatever makes it easier. On top of that, um, let's just kind of wrap this up because look, we can do this all day, and I would love to have you listening to this be on our show the next time we talk about this. My favorite one, I think. And the one that I talk about a lot when we do these stop, drop, and get organized classes, Google Drive, OneDrive, Dropbox, whatever you want to call your digital hard drive. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot, Sue. Is your Google Drive clean? Is it a messy Google Drive? Clean. I can't stand it to be messy. I, I probably knew that answer. We, I didn't set you up you on, on purpose answer? on that. <laughs> Um, my, mine is, I, I try to keep mine clean, but because of all the training that I do, it just ends up getting messy. And then I have to like delete all the untitled folder things, but, but let's yeah. talk a little bit about specifically about Google drive. We can hit the Microsoft stuff up uh, when we do like a full Microsoft show, but what's one of your top Google drive productivity tips? Well, color code those folders, you know, whether you have rhyme or reason to them or not, even though it may not look like you have rhyme or reason, you probably do. You know, you're going to make the stuff you use the most typically human nature, probably red or something, but just color code those folders. It They'll stand out. You're not searching so much, especially if you're one of those with the messy Google Drive. I love that idea. I use color coded folder. Easy for me to say. Color coded folders um, in a variety of ways. Yes, I might do them by topic. I also might do breadcrumbs, whereas if I don't want to be thinking, I'll just go blue, 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 blue. Mm -hmm. And I'll know I'm going to find a certain thing because I might use that folder a, a lot, right? Um, there's many, many ways of using color code. I can't talk on this. It's been a long day. Um, you also mentioned something about smart chips. Um, yes. Remind me. I haven't really been playing in this world. Okay. What's the smart chip? So again, this is another newer feature. So if you're on a Google Doc um, and you hit um, the at symbol, so shift and the number two, it's going to give you a drop-down menu. And from there, you can create meeting agendas and meeting notes. So in other words, if you're on a Google Doc and it knows on from your calendar that you have this 2 o'clock meeting scheduled right then, it's going to give you this pretty template, uh, and it's more like a meeting agenda, and you can write notes and the bullet points right there. You can also create email drafts right in Google Docs now, 
and they'll export right over to your Gmail. And there's tracking charts and drop-down menus. You can um, assign things to people. Um, awesome. Check it out. I, I'm going to have to do that. I, I know that they exist. I've talked to some people about it. I'm living in the Microsoft world. I haven't really had a chance to do that. Um, but that sounds like something that's good. Cool. Now, can you make your own smart chips? Can you create like, I don't like a macro kind of a thing. I'm not sure. I haven't played with that. I don't think so, but that's a good mm -hmm. question. All right. Uh, let's do two more here. Um, what's the next thing that we need to be worrying about when we're looking into our Google products? So this is something that a Google, Google users out there, um, all of you have probably been waiting on for years is notification settings. You know, you're collaborating on this Google Doc and you're waiting for somebody to make an edit. But then there's no way of knowing unless they emailed you back or texted you and said, hey, I finally made that edit. Now you can turn on notification settings inside the Google Doc um, with who you're collaborating with, and it will um, notify you either on a screen notification or just a quick email that, you know, okay, Jeff has made an edit to this document. It wasn't there like that before. And this I have played with. And, you know, we're working across all of our coaches on certain projects, and I can do at an individual coach i can do at a group um i can put them in the comments like you mentioned lots of great stuff now you mentioned something here that i'm going to combat you on a little bit on the microsoft side because i think it's equally as important um but let's end with this one here uh what's one last tip here so workspaces in google so if you go into your google drive settings you have to go into the settings and turn on the priority option and then it will allow you to make what's called a workspace. So if I'm doing this coach, coaching cycle with teacher A at this building, I can make just a workspace and then all of my things for that coaching cycle can go in that Google workspace. And then I can make one for teacher B and so on. If you're in Outlook, right, there is a new view type you know outlook calendars you can do weekly day month and stuff like that but they have a new well, maybe six seven months i don't know exactly when it came out but relatively new feature called boards and if you think of a board as a desktop you can basically customize what outlook looks like from you, you know you can add a post-it notes you can add to do's you can add a calendar you can add task lists you can add links you can add a number of different things. It's slightly different than what you're talking about with being in Google Drive and having multiple Drive docs, but you can kind of sort of do it, um, but on a macro level, like on a more productivity level yeah. on stuff like that. But I would check all that stuff out. There's a lot of great videos out there. We are going to have links to all of this stuff um, over on our website, Ask the Tech Coach, episode number 219. And I got to tell you, this is important stuff and I hope it's important to you. And I hope that as you're listening to this, you're sitting there going, Oh, I can try this. Ooh, I can try this. And if that is you head on over to our tech coaches um, network, we would love to have you guys. If you're not a member yet already on the Facebook group, head on over to askthetechcoach.com. scroll to the bottom. And you can of course find links to our Facebook LinkedIn group and much more. We would love to have you be part of our group and help us grow from 1100 to 11,000. You never know. Sue, um, I've been seeing you do some great videos on tech imaginations. What have you got going on this week? 
Yeah, so go check out my YouTube channel. We just talked about those email notifications. That video came out today. Smart Chips for Google Doc is a fairly recent one I've done. So if you want to know more about those things, go look for me over on YouTube at Susan Vincent's Tech Imaginations. And I hope you guys have a great week. We're heading into that. You know, we had a couple of days off last week, a couple of days off the last couple of weeks. Um, October is Digital Citizenship Month. If that means anything to you, and if you're doing stuff in digital citizenship world, We'd also love to hear from you guys. So I know we're working on a lot of digital citizenship stuff in our district, and we're going to be producing more stuff here on TeacherCast to support digital citizenship Miss, I think that's the right way. So anyway, thank you guys for taking the moment out and listening to this on behalf of Sue and everybody here in the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you guys to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. You've been listening to Ask the Tech Coach, hosted by Jeff Bradbury of the TeacherCast Educational Network. Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach or online at www.askthetechcoach.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the App Store.